BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Now, today's guest is someone who is very special because she is someone I had been wanting on the podcast for the last six to seven months. And I was just holding out for her to come to LA so that we could record this podcast episode in person because she lives in Paris. I am talking about none other than Jessie, aka Glucose Goddess. Now, Jessie I find, is one of the leaders in this conversation around health and wellness and how it's kind of, you know, I feel like now over the last couple of years, there's kind of been a democratization around information on health and wellness. And Jessie is really one of those people that are at the forefront of that. Her content is centered around blood glucose spikes and how we can regulate that. If you're not familiar with what blood glucose spikes are, we are going to get into it deeply in this episode, but essentially what you have to know is um, blood glucose spikes happen when we ingest either starchy carbs or sugars completely naked and it sets our system kind of awry, okay? It, it, it just causes this big spike, which results in things like cravings, hunger pangs, instability of mood, brain fog, a lot of symptoms on just like an immediate basis, but also a lot of more long-term effects like slower metabolism, um, down the line, like worst case scenario, type two diabetes, inflammation, aging. There's a ton of kind of consequences of blood glucose spikes and it just sets our bodies on a roller coaster ride. So of course, we get into it all the way in today's episode, and I'm really excited to dive into it. But a little bit about Jessie. She is a biochemist. She's a scientist, and she 
got really interested in regulating blood glucose levels based on her own experience. So we'll get into it, but essentially she suffered from a really bad injury, broke her back. And after she healed from surgery, because she had to get surgery on her back, she started experiencing some really horrible mental health issues, which led her to realize that her blood glucose spikes were having there was a correlation between her mental health issues and blood sugar spikes. So we discussed that in depth during this conversation. I'm just kind of giving you the spark notes version, but it is a really fascinating conversation in this episode. What you can expect is to learn what blood sugar spikes are, how we can regulate them. And I'm talking easy hacks. That's why I love her content because anyone can do these things and just how to feel like a better version of yourself. You know, I think that it's a really, really value packed conversation. And I was actually supposed to release this episode on the 3rd of January because I thought, oh, like maybe New Year. And I was like, no, you know, like fuck New Year or whatever. I wanted to bring you this information immediately because it's just so valuable. And I feel like we can all make these changes. And, you know, why wait till the new year when we can start today? And um, yeah, I just I had to bring it to you right away because I was just too excited. Okay, so I hope you guys love the conversation as much as I do. Before we get into it, let's talk about this week's hot tip, which I'm going to pull from this conversation with Jesse, and it is to eat a savory breakfast. I'm not going to go into it anymore because Jesse called me a savory breakfast professional, which quite frankly, I think I am. And we'll get into it during this episode. But by savory breakfast, I mean, and you after you listen to this episode, you'll know what I mean. But Please, you guys, let's have savory, nutrient-dense breakfast because it sets us up for success for the rest of the day. All right. And this week's review comes to us from Nicole S139A. And she says, obsessed with this podcast. I just discovered this podcast on the weekend and have already torn through three episodes, downloaded a dozen more, and can't wait to bring it on my daily morning walks. So many great insights and interesting BTS stories from inspiring women entrepreneurs. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for leaving this review, Nicole. And you guys, if you want to support the show, the best thing that you can do is rate and review the podcast. All you have to do is open the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. If you feel like I've earned it, please leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, tell me your favorite topics, what guests you want to see, things you're loving, literally any information you can give me. What it does is it helps me show up as a better host because I continue to bring you information that I that you feel like brings you value. And also it helps the podcast get out to more people, which is always really helpful for me. So, you know, if you have a couple of minutes and want to support me, support the show, please take the time to leave a rating and a review. All right. With that, let's welcome Jesse, a.k.a. Glucose Goddess, to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm going to dive right in. And how I wanted to start was your journey. So, you kind of got into this whole glucose goddess persona, alter ego, but now you're real ego because of mental health issues, right? Mm -hmm. What happened and what is the impact that glucose spikes have on mental health? So from age of 19, I had been on a journey to try to figure out how to feel good. I was just waking up every day feeling 
absolutely terrible, feeling dissociated, feeling anxious, feeling depressed since I broke my back when I was 19. And so at that young age, I just went on a journey. I was like, what can I do to understand my body and my brain better so I can just feel better? It was my number one priority. So wait, before we continue, you broke your back and that had an impact on your mental health. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, because you're like, not of course. I think, it, you know, it depends on what happens for you. But personally, so I broke my back jumping off a waterfall. Mm -hmm. One of my vertebrae exploded. Then I had really intense surgery. I have lots of metal in my spine. And I was super scared mm -hmm. before the surgery, waiting in the hospital. After the surgery, I was in a lot of pain. And then, you know, once my body felt like it was healed, mm -hmm. my mental health started going completely down the toilet. Like it was just super, super bad. I felt completely disconnected from my body. I could not look in the mirror without having a panic attack. Like I was broken, like deeply not okay. But I didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. It was just my brain was just fucked. So it became very clear to me that if you don't have your health, you just don't have anything. Totally. I couldn't think about like my relationships or my studies or my career or, you know, what I wanted to do with my life because in the morning I was just waking up feeling completely fucking broken. So it really puts things in perspective, you mm -hmm. know, when you're that young and something like that happens to you, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like this is actually my, my biggest wealth is my health. And I have to make sure that that stays good and I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself so I feel okay. It's mm -hmm. like the baseline, you know, Maslow yep. pyramid, like baseline, your brain works. Yeah. Completely. So I just tried to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. So I went to grad school for biochemistry because I thought I'm going to learn a bit about how the body works. That'll give me some info. But what happened, which really everything was leading up to that really changed things for me is that at 23andMe, I had the opportunity to test a continuous glucose monitor because you know being in silicon valley you're always like testing new technologies and stuff totally it's kind yeah. of the it's kind of the vibe you're testing mm -hmm. new stuff i didn't think anything would come from it but it completely changed my life truly because i was finally able to see the inside of my body i would see on my iphone screen like the spikes and the dips and the glucose levels and I could finally understand how what I was doing on the outside, how I was eating, how I was living, was impacting the inside of my body. Right. So for me, it was like, oh, the communication channel is now open again. Instead of my body being this complete black box, I finally kind of felt like I could have a conversation. And then what really cemented the whole thing for me is that I noticed that when I was having big glucose spikes, my mental health was worse. I could very clearly see almost to the point where I could trigger mental health episodes of like dissociation with big glucose spikes. So for me, and that was, you know, almost 10 years after my accident. For me, I had finally found a clue. It was, oh, how I'm eating, how I'm living is impacting how my brain is feeling. Mm -hmm. And glucose seems to be really central to that interplay. So I kind of dropped everything. I was like, okay, I have to figure out what the fuck is this glucose molecule. Right. So dove into the science. Being a scientist, I was able and lucky enough to be able to just read all the scientific papers. And I discovered some really, really important things. Number one, I discovered that I wasn't alone, that about 80%, the estimates say, of the population has glucose spikes every day. And not just people with diabetes. 
right? So we used to think glucose was just something for people with diabetes. Now we know actually the entire population, almost the entire population, suffers from glucose spikes on a very regular basis. Then I learned that these glucose spikes impact so many aspects of our health, from our sleep to our skin, to our mental health, to our hormonal health, to our cravings, our hunger, like everything. Glucose is so central. And when you avoid glucose spikes, many things fall into place. And so I was gung-ho on figuring out how to avoid the spikes so that my mental health would get better. So for the everyday person, mm -hmm. how can they realize from like just everyday symptoms that they're dealing with glucose spikes? Like what are those symptoms that they experience? So the most common ones are cravings mm -hmm. for sweet foods. So it's like the middle of the day, you're like, oh, I really want a cookie. I really want a cereal bar. I really want ice cream. I really want chocolate. So cravings usually for sweet foods or starchy and fatty foods. That's a very clear sign that you're experiencing glucose spikes because after every glucose spike, there's a drop that happens. And that drop activates the craving center in your brain. Mm -hmm. Your brain literally takes over and is like, Jesse, you must eat sugar now. You cannot control these cravings. Mm -hmm. No amount of willpower is going to work. Like your brain is telling you very deeply in your biology, you must eat something sweet. That is probably the most common symptom of glucose spikes. And it's also the first one to go away when you study your glucose curves. I love that you bring up the willpower piece because I feel like so often, I remember when I was younger and like going on this like dieting journey, I felt like I was so at odds with my body where I was like, I'm going to willpower my way out of this. Whereas like it has nothing to do with your willpower. You know, it's you're fighting a losing battle with things like this, like glucose spikes are really powerful. Absolutely. It's such an awful state to be in because you're having all these cravings. And I was there. You're having these cravings. You're feeling so bad about having yeah. them. You feel ashamed. You feel guilty. If you do eat the thing you're craving, then you feel super shady about yourself. You're like, fuck, I did it again. Mm -hmm. like, and it's just a vicious, vicious, vicious Horrible. cycle. And actually, the craving is just your body essentially like trying to speak to you. Yeah, it's like a response. It is a response. So if you focus on flattening the glucose curves, then those things naturally go away. Mm -hmm. And it really changes your relationship to sweet foods. Yeah. Instead of feeling like you must have it and it's like a willpower battle, you're like, ooh, actually you now exist in this sort of like pleasure place where when you do eat something sweet that you love, you're happy about it. It's pleasurable. It makes you happy. There's no guilt associated with it. It's a very, very different place. And it's a beautiful place that I hope most people get to. And I would say, so the cravings is the most common symptom. It's also the first one to go away. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. in a matter of days, it goes away. Seriously, it's that powerful, the science that I'm sharing. So cravings is the top one. Then you have constant hunger. So being hungry every 90 minutes or two hours, very common symptom also of glucose spikes. You're smiling. Do you know about the, that one? Yes, because <laughs> the snacking, yeah. you know, and I remember when like I've been really interested in this as well. And so it was very exciting for me to see someone like yourself come into this space and like put it in out there in like such a digestible way. But I remember when I started on my own journey of like trying to balance my blood glucose levels. The first thing that happened was I only craved three big meals a day. Mm. Like I didn't have all of these like, let me go for that snack or like I need to be grazing all day long. I was just satiated because I was filling my body with the nutrient dense foods that it needed. I wasn't like controlled and being swayed by just these like pangs of hunger or like yeah. just cravings, you know. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday, and the basic premise is this we share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide Hagen Dazs vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. No one. <laughs> Our preferred vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. When I was younger, so I love telling this story. My mom doesn't like it when I tell it, but <laughs> I grew up eating a Nutella crepe every day for breakfast from, you know, age, I don't know when you start eating like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know, three, five, six, whatever. <laughs> so from that young age to the end of high school, I had a Nutella crepe every morning for breakfast. And I didn't think twice about it, but I remember so clearly, it's 10.30, I'm in class. I am so hungry. My stomach hurts. Like literal pain, you know? And those were just hunger pangs caused by the big glucose spike and the drop. And now when I have breakfast, I don't even think about food for five, six hours. It totally. doesn't even bother me. Yeah. So that's also a whole new world that I hope many people can get to. And then the third most common symptom is unsteady energy. So feeling super tired multiple times throughout the day, mid-morning, after lunch, in the afternoon, like you're just needing caffeine or a can of Coke or sugar to perk yourself back up because your body can no longer make energy efficiently. There's this myth that if you eat something sweet, it's going to give you energy. Actually, that's not at all the case. What happens is when you eat something sweet, 
it gives you pleasure, dopamine in your brain. So that wakes you up and you're like, whoa, I'm awake, I'm alive. Actually, that's just pleasure. On the inside, with every glucose spike, you're harming your mitochondria, which are the little powerhouses of your cells that are in charge of making energy for your body. With every glucose spike, you're hurting them, and long-term, they can no longer make energy properly anymore. And that leads to chronic fatigue. And then they also get used to burning the glucose that they're getting versus like actually dipping into your fat stores exactly. as well. So it's like, you know, it gets used to working in a specific way. Exactly. So you're now on this glucose roller coaster where you're having cravings, you're snacking all the time and you're tired. Totally. And it's just like the cycle of doom. And these are the most common symptoms. But again, these go away really, really quickly in a mm -hmm. matter of days when you use the hacks that I share in Glucose Revolution and you balance your glucose levels. And then, so those are the common ones, mm -hmm. but Depending on you and your body, symptoms of glucose spikes can range from acne, premature aging, wrinkles to poor sleep to hormonal issues, polycystic ovarian syndrome being so common, any inflammation-based problem. So maybe you have eczema, psoriasis, acne, etc. And then long-term, of course, the more glucose spikes you have, the more likely you're going to develop type 2 diabetes. Yeah the more likely you're going to develop way later on, but problems in your brain like dementia and Alzheimer's. So what's both really a little bit scary, but also really powerful about glucose is that it affects you today, right now. Like if I had had a different breakfast than I had, I would feel completely differently right now speaking with you. But also it helps you long term. So when you flatten your glucose curve, you're going to feel better today, tomorrow, and also long term, you're going to help your health. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's very powerful. So I want to go back to basics a little bit. For someone who has literally no idea, what is a glucose spike? Like, how does that whole mechanism work when you ingest something starchy or sweet? Like, explain it to us. So glucose, and people have said that, that they love how I say glucose. Do I say it in a weird way? <laughs> it's very sexy. How do you say it? Glucose. Glucose. Yeah. I mean, you say it in a French way, you know, <laughs> the same way that I ah, hey. <laughs> Okay. So glucose. Anyway, now I'm self-conscious about saying glucose. So glucose is your body's preferred source of energy. Every single cell in your body uses glucose to perform its function. So right now, your finger cells that are holding your phone, taking a video of me, are using glucose to hold your phone. Your heart cells are using glucose to pump the blood through your body. When you go dancing, your feet cells use glucose to move you around. Your brain cells use glucose to think. So every cell in your body uses glucose. It's a very important thing and your body depends on it. As humans, the main way that we give glucose to our body is through eating foods, specifically two types of food, starchy foods. So bread, pasta, rice, oats, potatoes, those kinds of foods and sweet foods. So anything that tastes sweet from a chocolate cake to an apple to a cookie, whatever, to table sugar. So starchy and sweet foods give glucose to our body. And glucose is our body's source of energy. Now, you may think that, okay, so if my body needs glucose for energy and I want to have a ton of energy, I should just eat as much starchy and sweet foods as possible, right? Like that's, and I, I thought that too, eating my Nutella crepe every morning, like it made empirical sense. It turns out that's where the logic breaks down. It's a bit like if I had a plant in my apartment and I really didn't want it to die, which always happens. I would know to give the plant a little bit of water every day and that would keep the plant alive. But if I give the plant too much water, then the plant 
dies, unfortunately. A human body is completely similar in that respect. We need some glucose. Too much glucose causes these glucose spikes and all of these issues. And actually, this is the case for many things that we need. Like we need some water as well as humans. If you drink too much water, you can actually die. You have to drink a lot, but you can die. We need some oxygen. Too much oxygen causes problems as well. So we need some glucose, but the glucose spikes are really the issue. And a glucose spike happens when during a meal, you give too much starchy and sweet foods to your body at once. So the concentration of glucose in your bloodstream spikes. It's a, it's a little spike in concentration. That spike is going to cause a bunch of biological processes that are then going to end up in these symptoms that we just mentioned. So I want to talk about the source of glucose. If we want to minimize the amount of starch and sugar that we're eating, what are like the best sources of glucose? So you kind of have two ways to approach it. And so when I first understood how this starch and sweet foods led to glucose spikes, I thought, oh, shit, do I have to stop eating starchy and sweet foods to mm -hmm. avoid spikes? You can do that, but it's quite difficult. Yeah. Not very fun. It's very draconian. It's very draconian. It, essentially, the keto diet is kind of trying to do that, right? On the keto diet, you don't eat any starches or sugars, but it's quite unsustainable. And that's not how I want to live my life. I don't want to do an extreme diet. There's just no way. So through the hacks that I discovered in the science, I actually found these principles that allow you to still eat the starchy and sweet foods that you love in a way that does not create glucose spikes. So in a way that also heals you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic of the glucose goddess hacks, but it's all science. So, okay, let's get into the hacks. Okay. Share, I know... I recommend your book to everyone. Anyone Thank who's you. followed me on Instagram knows like I go on and on about it. But for someone who has like never heard of any hacks, share a few with them. What's your favorite one? I love eating a savory breakfast. There you go. Let's start there. Yeah. Okay. Let's start so there. So powerful. So your breakfast really controls you for the rest of the day. Your, your breakfast, the shape of your breakfast glucose curve has a tremendous impact on how you're going to feel for the rest of the day. So if your breakfast creates a spike, what happens? spike and then a drop and then you're going to eat something again and spike and a drop. So you are essentially starting a glucose roller coaster for yourself for the whole day. And often people will say, oh, I'm addicted to sugar. I hear that a lot. Like I have a sugar addiction. I just can't stop. Oftentimes that's caused by somebody's breakfast that's just kicking off that glucose roller coaster for the day. So how do you set up your day right the simplest way to think about it is just to think, okay, I'm going to have a savory instead of a sweet breakfast. So a savory breakfast is built around protein. It doesn't have to be 10 raw eggs. Like you find protein in lots of different things. It can be a Greek yogurt. It can be some nuts. It can be some leftover, I don't know, roasted salmon from the night before. It can be tofu. It can be protein powder in a shake. It's really important to build your savory breakfast around protein. And then the second guideline for a savory breakfast is Nothing sweet, except if you want some whole fruit for taste. So in the morning, it's really important to set yourself up like that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel now with your savory breakfast? It's a game changer because I remember back in the day before I at all like understood anything, you know, I'd start my day with cereal or like whatever you start your day with. You don't even think about like, okay, like what's the first thing in the morning that I'm consuming? And 
it can have like I, I remember like, you know how you were saying that like at 1030 a.m. I'd like be so hungry. My stomach would. I have been there mm. and I think a lot of people are currently there and they don't realize how powerful that first thing that you put into your system really is, you Absolutely. know, and so ensuring that I'm getting the protein, the fiber, like a little bit of fat, like just ensuring that it's like really just a well-balanced way yeah. to start the day. And when you when you keep your glucose steady for breakfast, then your entire day is a bit like walking through a mirror in a movie. It's like mm -hmm. a whole new world. Like mm -hmm. your whole day takes on a new feel, a mm -hmm. new a new shape, a new flavor. You're like, oh, I don't have these crazy cravings anymore. I'm not hungry all the time. I actually feel good and energized the other day. So truly, it's a really powerful place to start. Now, this is kind of the only one of my hacks that actually ask people to change what they're eating. Yeah. So to cut out sugar in the morning, super important. However, I don't mean that you have to completely cut out sugar of your life. If you love sweet foods, for example, even breakfast sweet foods mm -hmm. like cereal, the best time to have them, and this is another hack, is after a meal. So let's say my Nutella crepe, I could not have given it up for some reason. The best time for me to have the Nutella crepe would be as dessert after my lunch or after my dinner. Mm -hmm. So that's another hack. If you want to eat something sweet, have it as dessert. So I'm going to interrupt you because I want to go back to the breakfast piece. Talk to me about smoothies mm. because like say I like a smoothie on the go if I'm like having a really quick morning and say you are constructing your smoothie with the fiber, with the greens, with the fat, with the protein. Do you think it's okay to have like a little bit of fruit in there? Yeah, I think it's completely fine. So as long as your smoothie contains protein, fat, fiber, if you want to add some whole fruit for mm -hmm. taste, it's totally okay. What you want to avoid is a smoothie that is 100% fruit. Sugar. Fruit. Yeah. Because, so fruit contain a lot of glucose, okay? And when you eat a piece of whole fruit, there's a lot of fiber in there. Mm -hmm. And the fiber actually helps reduce the glucose spike. But as soon as you blend a piece of fruit, the blades in the blender going like 300 rotations per second or something like that, they pulverize the fiber in there. So you're and you end up with just a big just sugar. It's just a big glass of sugar, right? It's no longer as helpful as a whole as a piece of whole fruit is. So yes, to come back to your question, smoothies are fine as long as protein, fat and fiber are there and you can add some fr whole fruit for taste. So talk to me about if you were to make a smoothie, like a perfect smoothie, okay. what would you put in it? I would put two scoops of protein powder. I would put some almond butter. I would put maybe like a little bit of milk. I would put maybe half a banana, some frozen blueberries, some like linseed oil, some flax seeds, chia seeds, and just blend the shit out of it. I mean, we're like almost identical. <laughs> it's actually that recipe comes from Mark Hyman from one of his first books. And I love it. It's so good. It's so easy. And I like when it, when you're on the go, it is really helpful, sure. you know, but it's just I think that smoothies are one of those things where it's like same with juices, by the way, we people don't realize how to make it work for you, yeah. you know, and like even, for example, a juice. OK, it's great that you're having a green juice, even though it's better to have it whole. But like there's so many fruits in there and then there's no fiber to like help you kind of metabolize it properly. So it's like, whoop. And if you look spike. at most green juices and the ingredients, it's actually like just apples. Girl. And like a little bit of a, like a quarter of a cucumber. That's not a vegetable juice. That is a fruit juice. It looks green. It yeah. says like green detox juice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's total crap. Like look at the label. 
a juice that actually is not going to spike your glucose levels is a juice that is exclusively vegetables. Mm -hmm. So they don't taste so good. No, you know, it's like spinach and celery and cucumber and kale. I'd rather put that into a salad. Like, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, like if you love your orange juice or your fruit smoothies, I'm not saying you should completely cut them out. Just don't have them for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Have them before, for example, you go work out or after a meal instead of on an empty stomach. You know, like there's lots of little things you can do to still enjoy them with less of an impact on your health. So I want people to learn how to maximize pleasure and also minimize their suffering. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff that gives us brain pleasure is actually causing all these fucking shitty symptoms that we don't want to have. So you have to balance it. Okay, so back on this breakfast train. Wow, you're really obsessed with breakfast. Uh, Yeah, like (laughs) I, I don't know why I have so many questions about it. Because I feel like, you know, it's like the building block, you know, it is, girl. Like, Hey, listen, I'm, very I'm, passionate. All for, I'm all for it. Like breakfast is the most important thing, but I'm really glad we're talking about it. So tell me. So a lot of people start their day with an oat milk latte. OK, well, this is a controversial topic. I know. I know. I'm going there. OK, I'm, I had to. I, I have you. you on the podcast <laughs> and I'm like, let's talk about oat milk, you guys. I love it. OK, so oat what's milk. the question? Thoughts on oat milk first. First of all, thoughts on oat milk and then thoughts on oat milk first thing in the morning. This makes me laugh so much because I feel like such the bad guy when I'm talking about oat milk. Everybody loves oat milk. They're just like, I love it. It's so delicious. My favorite thing. So unfortunately, and please don't hate me for this. Oat milk is not good for your glucose because oat milk comes from oats and oats are a starch. It's like if you were making pasta milk. Okay, same concept. Okay, so it's full of glucose, creates a massive glucose spike. In terms of your glucose impact, any other milk is better. A whole milk, even skim milk, like any unsweetened nut milk is going to be better for your glucose levels. In most people, an oat milk, whatever, is going to make a big glucose spike. Now, again, like if you cannot give it up and you're like, I must have this, here are a few tips. Don't have it first thing. Have it after your breakfast. That's also really, really helpful. While you're drinking your oat milk thing or afterwards, use your muscles a little bit. So maybe go for a morning walk or like do some calf raises at your desk or, you know, dance in your living room. Use your muscles and allow them to soak up some of that glucose. So you're still getting your delicious oat milk, but you're not having so many consequences of the glucose spike. So if someone does want to replace their oat milk with Mm -hmm. another kind of milk, what are your favorites? Like, give us like top three. Honestly, like I love just regular cow's milk. Yeah. As long as it's from a good source. Mm -hmm. You know, I find it actually to be fine. And dairy is a great source of protein, too. So I'm a cow's milk kind of person. If you don't want to do that, almond milk. But unfortunately for the environment, it's really bad. But any sort of unsweetened nut milk is going to be great. So you can do coconut milk, you can do macadamia milk, you know, almond milk is one of my favorites too, but cow's milk is just fine. Pistachio milk is like my favorite thing. Is that a thing? thing? Oh, oh my God. It must be so expensive. Pistachios are so expensive. I know, but it's like 25 bucks. No, (laughs) while you're here, go to Verve. They have like an awesome pistachio milk latte. Honestly, like we were interviewing someone for my team and I was like, let's go to Verve so we can get pistachio milk lattes. That's I swear funny. like that's what hooked her and got her to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I'll try that. <laughs> so yeah, listen, nut milks are fine. I understand the whole oat milk thing. I just want you guys to know the truth. Like it's not good for your glucose. Well, you know, that's the thing that like I, I think that 
if people really love oat milk and it's like a thing that like, you know, they can't live without, then great. There's like a way to enjoy yes. it. And also, if you feel great and yeah. you don't have any symptoms and you're like living your best life, couldn't feel better. Don't listen totally, to me. Totally, totally. Like, do not listen to me. Yeah. Like, I have nothing to teach you. If you're happy and healthy and thriving, I have nothing to teach you. A lot of people also don't realize, like they think that oat milk is like a healthy alternative. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just important to get the facts out there and like, you know, for people to make informed decisions Absolutely. about whatever they want to make, you know, they make any decision you want, whatever yeah. makes you feel good, you know. But I feel like oat milk, like there's a true, it's almost like a cult, like people really, oh my God, really, I know. really, it's really love it. Um, and I was one of them, by really? the way. I, I used to be, yeah, mm -hmm. like... I just didn't know any better, you know? And then obviously I was like, okay, like, let me think about this for yeah. a second. And what does it do? And like, maybe I don't feel the best when I'm having it. So, you know, it's just about understanding how things work. And that's why I wanted and, to ask this question. And it's a process. And it's also a sort of pick your battles kind of totally. situation. You know, I think there's decisions we make for our health and there's decisions we make for our pleasure. So if the oat milk thing brings you a lot of pleasure and makes you super happy, like that, just just put it in the box of like pleasure decisions. Totally, totally. And the rest of your day, you know, make some decisions that will help your glucose and help your health. Okay, so breakfast is done. We Are have put sure? a little bow on it. Are you sure? I have asked every question one can possibly ask about. There is this is like the breakfast encyclopedia. Okay, like we, I love it. Okay, moving on from breakfast, what is the next tip that you have? I feel like you should like cue me up and tell me what's your favorite next tip, and then I can just go. Okay, I love the vinegar tip. So, okay. and I know that that's your thing. So it's not my thing. It's just one of my things. I know, but like you know, I think like vinegar, and I like put it in my water, and I'm like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about vinegar. Vinegar is really cool and surprised me a lot. So, I looked at all the studies about vinegar. And there are actually quite a few and they're quite good. And what they show us is that if you add one tablespoon of vinegar to the beginning of a meal, so either you drink it in some water, if you want to do that, or you could just put it as a dressing mm -hmm. on your starter, for example, you can reduce the glucose spike of your meal by up to 30% without changing what you're eating at all. This is huge. You're eating Massive, the same yeah. meal but less of an impact on your glucose, less of an impact on your physical and mental health. So the reason vinegar works is because vinegar contains a magical molecule, acetic acid. Acetic acid, she's the best. So she does three things. Number one, she slows down how quickly starches and sugars in your stomach get broken down into glucose molecules. So she kind of like slows down the digestive process, which is good. Second, acetic acid goes to your muscles and instructs your muscles to soak up more glucose than usual as glucose arrives into your bloodstream. In a way, kind of mimicking exercise, not fully, but like it's kind of the same concept. Your muscles are helping you reduce the glucose spike. And number three, acetic acid goes to your mitochondria, the powerhouse of your cells, and tells your mitochondria to burn more fat. So just one little tablespoon of vinegar you have in your kitchen. It doesn't have to be fancy apple cider vinegar, yada, yada. It can just be like whatever red vinegar you have in your kitchen or white vinegar or whatever. It has a significant impact on how your meal is going to be processed and how much of a spike it's going to lead to. And so as a result, you're going to reduce short term, you know, the cravings and the sleepiness and the constant hunger but also you're going to be reducing inflammation, aging, insulin release, any hormonal issues, and long-term also helping your body. 
So in the studies, just this one tablespoon of vinegar leads to people losing weight without even trying. It leads to people who have polycystic ovarian syndrome to reduce their testosterone levels and get their period back. So it's a really powerful one. It really, truly is. And what I loved the most about this is when I discovered that actually vinegar has been used for forever in many cultures around the world. It's not new. It's not a new thing. And actually, it's been used as a health tool. Like people have known for a long time that it helps your health. But we didn't know until recently why that was the case. Now that we have the glucose monitors and the scientists around the world doing all this cool stuff, we understand how it works on the inside. But we've known this, you know, from a cultural standpoint for many, many years. So much wisdom that we're just explaining now. Totally. So talk to me about using vinegar versus lemon. Like what if someone wants to put lemon in their water versus vinegar? So lemon also helps reduce glucose spikes, but it is less powerful than vinegar. So the comparison is about to get as much power as in one tablespoon of vinegar, you need the juice of three lemons. Wow. Yeah, it's oh a lot. Oh my gosh, that's it's a lot. significant difference. However, many people don't want to have vinegar. They don't like the taste. In which case, like add some lemon to your water, add some lemon to your veggies, even if you don't add the juice of three lemons, that's mm -hmm. preposterous, but it's still going to help a little bit and it's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. I, and I, I like that you kind of give people options. Totally. And if you don't want to do any of this, don't do any of this. Yeah. But there are other tips mm -hmm. if you don't want to take this one. Oh, yeah. And vinegar is a very divisive one. People yeah. love it or they hate it. But actually, it's not really the main focus of my work because I think that thinking about the food angle is more interesting. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Adding a veggie starter to the beginning of your meal. Love that you know. tip. So can we get into yeah, we can the get into order that. of the food? Absolutely. So I found in the scientific studies that if you eat the constituents of a meal in a specific order, you can reduce the glucose spike of that meal by up to 75%. Wow. So you're almost erasing the entire glucose spike just by changing the order in which you're eating your meal. You are not changing the meal at all. You're not changing the quantities. You're just thinking about the order and you're significantly reducing the impact of that meal on your glucose levels. So the correct order is, drum roll, veggies first, proteins and fats second, and starches and sugars last. So you would, for example, start your meal with your broccoli, then have your chicken and avocado, then have your pasta, then have your cookie, right? The reason this works, and we're going to expand upon this and really try to use it to our advantage, is because in vegetables, there's fiber. Fiber is another one of these amazing things. We love her. She's the best. Fiber, when it is eaten first at the beginning of a meal, it does an amazing thing. It goes to your gut lining, and there it sort of deploys itself onto the walls, creating this protective mesh. Mm -hmm. It stays there for a couple of hours. And this mesh is so important and most of us do not have it enough. This mesh is then going to reduce how quickly glucose molecules from the rest of the meal are going to be absorbed into your bloodstream. So it's like a buffer, like a really amazing, powerful buffer. So with the veggies first, any glucose from the pasta, the rice, the cookies is going to be absorbed way more slowly into your bloodstream and actually also not going to be absorbed as much. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be absorbing fewer of those molecules, which is good. So fiber at the beginning of a meal, so important. Just try this hack. It'll change entirely how you feel after your meal. And you'll also know that on the inside, you're helping 
your body thrive and be so much healthier. And so I actually expand this tip to another hack. So the first tip I just mentioned is eating your foods in the right order. Mm -hmm. The second hack I created out of this is add a plate of vegetables to the beginning of every single one of your meals. So add food to your meals in the form of a vegetable starter at the beginning. Raw, cooked, whatever. If you want to do extra stuff, add some vinegar to it so you have two hacks in one. That veggie starter changes the game. Doesn't ask you to change what you're eating afterwards. Just the veggie starter is like... Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. One of my best friends is a nutritionist, and she was one of the first guests on my podcast. Shout out to Jord, I Heart Nutrition. But the one of the things that she said was when she works with clients, something that she recommends is adding to your plate versus like subtracting from it because... If you are almost like crowding your plate with things that are really good for you, then you still have the permission to eat something starchy or sugary, but you're like, you know, you're doing everything right first. And maybe by the end of it, you eat less of that other thing. Or like you maybe decide that, oh, I'm so satiated that I don't want it at all, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think that adding that veggie starter, I think is genius and like really a life-changing tip. It is. And I understand the concept of like, if you have the veggies first, maybe you eat less afterwards. But I just want to say that even if you don't eat less, mm-hmm. even if you eat your usual meal, totally. it actually still has a massive impact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so helpful. These hacks are so helpful because they don't ask you actually to, as your friend says, to remove anything, to restrict anything. They're just additive. Exactly. It's like you're adding to your body like these really powerful gentle giants that are just going to protect you and heal you and help you in the places where you need it. And the rest of the time, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Which is, I mean, and this is the thing, right? Like, I think we make things really complicated for ourselves. And it's a very frustrating place to be where you don't know where to start or what to do when you feel like you have to do this whole overhaul. And it's like overwhelming. And so that's why I think People, you know, January 1st, ah, I'm going to change my whole life. But like, because it's so drastic, you're not working with your body. Yeah. And I've been there. You know, I I went vegan when I was a teenager. Then I went keto. I did all this stuff always with terrible, terrible outcomes. But I've been there and I know what it's like to feel like I need to change everything because I feel so awful. But truly, as we all know, that's just not sustainable. It doesn't work. It causes stress. And so... The reason I love these hacks so much and I want everybody to know about them is that they become tools Mm -hmm. that you have in your back pocket on a daily basis. Yeah. You don't have to do them all the time. Just do them when it's easy. You know, I want people to know about the savory breakfast and the veggies first and the vinegar and the clothing on carbs and more just like they know that they should be drinking enough water every day. It's like something you know, you try to do. Sometimes you forget. It's fine. No problem. Mm. You know, sometimes it's 8 p.m. and you discovered, oh, all I had was coffee today. That's fine. It's about making these hacks your best friends. It's not a restrictive thing. They're just tools 
to guide you your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really smart. Okay. So before we move on, I want to ask you about the clothes on carbs because you just mentioned uh-huh. it. Expand a little bit on yeah. that. <laughs> okay. So here's another hack. And I have 10 of these in Glucose Revolution, but carbs being starches or sugars, like I mentioned. So starches, bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, etc., and sugars, anything sweet. If you eat them on their own between meals on an empty stomach, that's what I call, or during a meal, that's what I call eating carbs naked. So you're just eating starches or you're just eating sugars with nothing else. If you do that, your carbs are naked. And naked carbs cause a big glucose spike because all the glucose in those carbs just goes straight from your mouth to your intestine to your bloodstream, uninterrupted, path, big glucose spike and consequences. So here's the hack. Always remember this. Put clothing on your carbs. This is going to reduce the glucose spike they create. Clothing is protein, fat, or fiber. So let me give you an example. Instead of 4 p.m. having a chocolate cake on its own, have the chocolate cake with a Greek yogurt. Instead of having a pasta dinner, which is just pasta, have some pasta, but put some spinach in there. Put some soft-boiled eggs in there. Put some cheese in there. You're adding clothes to the pasta. Same thing in the morning. Avoid just a piece of bread. Have some bread, but with some clothing on it. So it can be like some cream cheese or maybe some nut butter. You know, add some protein, fat, or fiber to that. So you're still eating the carbs, but you're dressing them in a way that reduces the glucose spike. Super powerful, especially when you're on the go and you're like, at the airport, at a business meeting, you know, life happens. Just remember that Mm -hmm. when life is happening. So say someone is going out for dinner. They want to get, they're really deciding that, oh, I really want burger and fries. How would you, how would you structure that meal? Just start with a veggie starter. So ask for like a side salad as a starter or any kind of vegetables they have on the menu. So maybe they have like green beans, maybe they have like a tomato salad and have that as a starter. Throw some vinegar on there and then have the burger and the fries. Amazing. Love that. And then after the meal, maybe go for a walk with your friends, you know, from the restaurant to the bar or something. Or maybe you go dancing. Or maybe when you get home, like, I don't know, fold your laundry or empty your dishwasher. Use your muscles. Mm-hmm. You're starting with the veggies and the vinegar, and then on the other end of the meal, you're using your muscles for 10 minutes. That creates a much smaller glucose spike. Love it. So I want to talk about supplements, Mm. specifically berberine. I know that there is some pretty interesting studies done on the impact that berberine has and almost being comparable to like metformin. What are your thoughts there? You know, there are many supplements that exist for glucose regulation. So berberine is one. Cinnamon also seems to work long term. There's all kinds of stuff on the market. I think that if you want to take them, go for it. But you can't supplement yourself out of creating glucose spikes with your food. So they can help a little bit. But if you're not using the hacks on your actual food choices, they're not going to be that helpful. It's really a food first kind of approach. And same goes for vinegar, by the way. You can't vinegar yourself out of glucose spikes constantly. You have to change also the food that you're eating. So supplements, like go for it if you dig them. I currently don't have a big recommendation on which ones to use. I'm going to do some more research into that. But they shouldn't be like the building block of your habits. They should be supplements. That's what I always say, that supplements at the end of the day, they're supplements. It's not a magic bullet. It's not the one and only thing that like you can, you know, have the the most detrimental lifestyle 
and then you have a supplement like a multivitamin and oh you're good like that's not how things work totally however you know we're bombarded with so much marketing that this is going to fix everything and we just have to be a bit I guess, honest, like, do you really think that a supplement can erase everything else you're doing? No, like, it's going to help you. It's going to be your friend in your journey, but you can't base the entire thing on that. I take supplements, by the way. I take omega-3s, I take vitamin K, I take probiotics. Like, I really think they're helpful, but I also do a lot of other stuff with my food habits that help augment and increase my health with the help of supplements as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm the founder of a supplement company, and even I don't think that it's like the one and only like I think you have to work on what you're eating how you're living your life in order to like really have it supplement everything else and so let's take for example probiotics right so there are a lot of great supplements out there that help recolonize your gut with these helpful bacteria the thing is like those microbes if you're not feeding them things like fiber from vegetables they die like you can put them there but then you have to feed them It's an interplay between how you're supplementing and how you're eating, and they go hand in hand. So I want to touch a little bit on weight loss because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people, I I mean, who still think that calories, that's like the only thing that matters. But of course, like glucose spikes play a whole role when it comes to someone's weight loss journey and the ease in which they can shed weight if that's kind of the path they're on. So can you talk a little bit about the impact that glucose spikes have on weight loss and how someone can kind of augment their journey by controlling that? Completely. So let's talk about calories for a second because it's such an interesting topic. So calories are helpful in the sense that they help you like measure how much you're eating. Like if you compare 2000 calories of, I don't know, popsicles with 5000 calories of popsicles, the 5,000 calorie option is obviously going to have more impact on your body. They're a really great way to measure quantity and they're something that can be useful. However, if you choose a food based on simply the number of calories that is in the food, it's the same as if you were saying, walking to a bookstore and saying, I would like, please, a 200 page book. And the people are going to look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's the same thing. It just tells you about the quantity, the length of the book. It tells you nothing about what the the book is about, right? So same thing for food. 200 calories of a fruit juice versus 200 calories of a Greek yogurt, vastly different impact on your body. The fruit juice is going to create a big glucose spike. So it's going to lead to inflammation and aging and insulin release. It's going to create a cravings roller coaster. The Greek yogurt, having only mostly protein and fat in it, is not going to do that. So when it comes to weight loss, what I have found, what the studies are also showing, is that if you focus on reducing those glucose spikes, you can more easily, with less effort, with less strain and suffering, (laughs) lose weight than if you're just focusing on the calories. Mm -hmm. Because if you focus on your glucose levels, you're going to reduce those cravings, you're going to reduce that hunger, energy is going to improve, it's going to become very easy. And as a very common consequence to flattening your glucose spikes, you will actually lose weight. That's what I hear the most in my community. People say, you know, I came to this glucose information because I just wanted more energy, or I wanted to get my period back, or blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, I realized I also lost, you know, five pounds without trying. That's usually what happens Mm -hmm. because you're thinking about the health of your body first. And so weight loss usually happens as a consequence. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit easier. And it's like sometimes like a 
nice thing that also happens along with everything else. I also wanted to talk a little bit about how different people experience glucose spikes because we, we know that like every kind of anatomy is unique and the variables are so vast, right? You know, I can be on my period or like at a certain time of month where certain foods really work for me and others don't. I mean, there's tons of variabilities. So talk to me about how it's different for everyone. There's a chapter about that in my book and I think people are really interested in this. So if you and I ate the same thing, let's say we both ate, I don't know, chocolate ice cream. I love chocolate, if you hadn't noticed by now. <laughs> if we both ate a chocolate ice cream and we were both wearing a glucose monitor, your spike and my spike would look different. Maybe your spike would be much smaller than mine. And that would actually not tell us much. What it would tell us is that there's probably lots of things going on that are making our bodies react differently. For example, as you said, time of the month, but also your DNA, your gut microbiome, how well you slept last night, how hydrated you are, how much muscle mass you have, like how stressed you are. There's so many variables that impact the actual height of the glucose spike. However, the real key point here is that if both you and I had used a glucose hack, so if both you and I had added some clothing to that, ice cream, maybe we had like 10 almonds before, both your spike and my spike would be smaller than if we had not done that. That's what matters. It's you cannot compare two people's glucose spikes and draw any conclusions. All you can do is think about where you're starting and how you can improve your glucose roller coaster and reduce it. So if you're wearing a glucose monitor, and so I, you know, I wear this glucose monitor, which is a medical device and made for diabetics. I wear it really to illustrate the science that I find. So I run all these tests on myself and then I show people the data so they can understand the scientific studies behind them. Wearing a glucose monitor right now, I would not really recommend it because I feel like they're still very angled towards biohackers and the data is quite complicated to understand. I don't think they're ready for prime time quite yet. I think they can cause a lot of stress in people who just don't have enough context. It's hard to understand. Mm -hmm. So if you recognize yourself in any of these symptoms, you know, from cravings to chronic fatigue to hormonal issues to poor sleep to mental health, diabetes to difficult weight loss, the best place to start is with the glucose hacks that I share. And then if down the line you want to sort of wear a glucose monitor to go deeper, go deeper if you want, that's fine. But start with the hacks. That's what I would recommend right now. What about alcohol? What part does alcohol play in all of this? If someone is going out for drinks, what can they do? So alcohol is not good for the body, right? We know that the best amount of alcohol to drink for your health is zero, but it's a pleasure decision, right? You're doing it for pleasure because it's fun and you're enjoying socializing with your friends. So in terms of which alcohols are better for your glucose levels, the best ones are going to be wine, any color, any dryness, bubbly, not bubbly. That's a really good option. And also any sort of hard alcohols like vodka, gin, tequila, etc., mezcal, with a mixer if you want that is not sugary. So, you know, mix your vodka with soda water instead of with orange juice. So that, that's the guideline. Of course, cocktails are going to be sweet and worse for your glucose levels. Beer also seems to be worse for your glucose levels. But when it comes to alcohol, girl, like I would say just pick the one you like. Very interesting. Okay. Take me through a what you eat in a day. So I will preface this by saying sometimes it's Sunday morning and I wake up and I just want ice cream for breakfast and I have it. So 
keep in mind. Okay, so a good like glucose day where I'm applying the hacks. So in the morning, always savory breakfast. My favorite thing is eggs. So scrambled or omelet with a bunch of feta. Like, you know. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, like this morning I had three scrambled eggs and like a proper large just chunk of feta I throw in there and it melts and you're just eating like feta soup with some cherry tomatoes, some hot sauce. Love it. I also had coffee this morning, half-calf fat white with regular cow milk. I do half calf just because I'm sensitive. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with glucose. And then for lunch in a regular day, I would have like a big salad for lunch probably. I like putting vinegar in my lunch. Maybe like a big salmon salad with a bunch of greens, maybe some french fries afterwards, something like that. Then afternoon, I think I can go different ways. Like either I want something sweet, in which case I'm going to put some clothes on that. I have some vinegar, go for a walk afterwards. Or if I'm just hungry, I'll have a savory snack. Mm -hmm. So anything that's not sweet. And then dinner. Dinner, I usually have bigger meals. Just personally, I like it. So I'll do sort of a three-course situation. I'll do a veggie starter. Then a main with, you know, some protein, some fats, some carbs. And I love dessert after dinner. Like I always have dessert at dinner. So anything chocolatey, pretty much. Love it. Okay. So before we wrap, I want to do a quick rapid fire. Okay. Okay. Question number one. What is a habit that is a non-negotiable for you? Savory breakfast. Love it. Second go-to savory breakfast <laughs> outside of the egg thing. Leftovers. Good hack. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we came to realize that like we have to eat something completely different for breakfast. I do dinner leftovers all the time so for good. breakfast. It's so good. Yeah. I think it's a money thing. I think it's food industry marketing stuff. Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? Leftover salmon from the night before tastes good. Oh, yeah. With some roasted me. cauliflower. So good. Okay. Last question. What is one simple thing everyone can start doing for their overall health? Eat your food in the right order. Love it. Tell everyone where they can find you. So my book is called Glucose Revolution. And in there you find everything that we just talked about much more. Lots of stories of people. I go into the science for every single condition that we talked about. And it's really your best place to start in your journey to balancing your glucose levels. And then Instagram at Glucose Goddess. That's the HQ for all the latest. And I have to call it out. This is like your content is one of the best that I have ever consumed. Your book is incredible and your Instagram is amazing. So you guys like, please follow her. Like she's an incredible resource. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif Hyder. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.